Forex Fridays, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome back to Forex Fridays, and we are coming to the weekend and also off of an impressive week uh, and start to the year of the Tiger for Singapore markets, especially equities. But today we are going to talk about uh, Forex markets, especially after what's been a rather memorable and momentous last couple of days, and perhaps none more so than, than just last night when the U.S. Consumer Price Index showed inflation hitting 7.5% in January. Of course, the big question is, what will this mean for the Federal Reserve's future moves, and how might this actually influence monetary policies moving forward? Well, today on Forex Fridays, we are joined by Mr. Lim Jun-Kit, who's a strategist at uh, Philip Nova, formerly known as Philip Futures. Yes, they did embark on a name and brand change last month, but they are now called Philip Nova. Anyway, Jun Kit joins us today to share with us what he's thinking as he uh, parses through all of these new ev- latest events and also how this might influence Forex markets moving forward. Jun Kit, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these times. Welcome back to the show, sir. Hope you're having a great Friday. Hi, JP. It's great to be back on your show. Indeed. Now, okay, because so much is being made of the 7.5% inflation print out in uh, in the U.S. I want to get your take on the U.S. dollar to start things off. As we've noted, the greenback has hit a soft patch since late January, and despite more affirmations, the Federal Reserve may even go more hawkish if inflation persists. Well, we don't need a stronger reminder than inflation coming in hotter than expected, actually, and some are actually pricing in a potential 50 basis point supersized hike in March. Um, but what's been keeping the U.S. dollar a bit subdued, and could things t- uh, turn around if we start to see even more hawkish uh, tinges or expectations from the U.S. central bank? Mm, okay, thanks for the question. Now, um, there was actually a few factors that drove the greenback weaker since late January this year. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest influence, we would say, is the strengthening of the euro. And this is because, you know, euro has a heavy weightage of more than right. 7% in the U.S. dollar index, which measures the strength of the U.S. dollar. So how did this actually transpire? It is because the EU recently recorded the hottest inflation ever with the January consumer price increasing 5.1% compared to just a year ago. Now, this came as a surprise to the market, which only expected of a 4.4% increase. Now, following that, the, the European Central Bank, ECB, finally took a turn in their policy stance and to acknowledge that the mounting inflation risk was just too high and in, in the Eurozone and even signaled that a possibility of an interest rate hike in late 2022. Now, markets uh, reacted pretty strongly to the hawkish uh, shift, despite the ECB president say that any move would just be gradual. And for the past week, what we saw was a consolidation ahead of yesterday's DPR inflation data. Now, a 25 basis point rate hike in March was pretty much priced into the USD. Market was just waiting to watch if the price, if the inflation will uh, come in hotter, that may lead the Fed to go more aggressive with a 50 basis point hike. Then now, as you may be aware, uh, last night's CPI data come in um, 7.5% year on year. And we already see some Fed officials, you know, turn on more hawkish, even calling for a full percentage point hike by July if the steep inflation persists. Now, that would possibly set the stage for USD to come back stronger. All right. And uh, you mentioned it's not just the ECB, though, that's also looking a bit more hawkish. Uh, the Bank of England also enacting multiple rate hikes in recent times, also looking to head off some of those inflationary pressures. Junkit, I do want to talk, though, about monetary policies that might be diverging. And while the central banks of the world, especially in the West, might be tightening, 
we have the Bank of Japan, arguably the, mo- arguably the most defiantly dovish of them all. In fact, you can see it with how the yen has moved and weakened in recent times. What's your outlook now for the yen, and will weakness continue for the Japanese currency? Mm, to be frank, the bearish outlook of the Japanese yen does not seem like it will change soon, um, both fundamentally and technically speaking. Now, the BOJ actually has some good reasons to hold back on any monetary policy easing. Mm-hmm. Uh, firstly, unlike the US and the EU that are experiencing record inflation in decades, uh, Japan's consumer inflation is only at 0.5%, way below the inflation target of 2%. And we all know that the Fed and ECB tried to hold on to their transitory inflation narrative for as long as they could before they finally had to acknowledge that the inflation risk was too high and were left with uh, no options but to react. Now, in Japan's case, uh, given the current price developments, there's really no need to scale back on the monetary stimulus and to turn hawkish because uh, doing so would be really inappropriate and could even dampen the, the economic recovery in Japan. And this week, the BOJ's governor also just reinforced his dovish stance, saying that during, his, during the rest of his term through April 2023, the central bank will not even discuss on exiting its ultra-loose monetary policy. So I would say that is quite a dovish stance from the BOJ's governor. And uh, looking at technical side of things, um, the yen does seem like it has more to lose against the US dollar um, with a completion and successful retest of an inverse head and shoulders pattern on the dollar-yen weekly chart. And now, how about the yen against, say, the British pound or the or the euro, two other um, uh, currencies that are linked to more hawkish central banks at the moment? Do you think there's equal upside or limited upside when you compare it to how 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 where or where the the USD JPY is gone? I think definitely the yen will stand to lose more against the euro as well, as we are just witnessing the shift in the monetary policy by the ECB. I think same goes to the BOJ. So I think um, as the Fed is, you know, the first in the race, uh, mm-hmm. they're the way towards tightening monetary policy. I think the yen still does stand to lose against the, the euro and the GDP as well. All right, Russell Mito and Mr. Lim Jun-Kit, uh, strategist at Philip Nova here on Forex Fridays. And, you know, we can't get enough of what central banks around the world are saying. In fact, recently we did hear from the Reserve Bank of Australia um, a talk about the risks of tightening too early. They're probably not looking as dovish as the as the Bank of Japan, but also um, sort of leaning towards that white uh, that that uh, that white dove camp for the most part. But it's an interesting currency because while they've been rather dovish, the Aussie has been steadily up versus the U.S. dollar. What do you think has been supporting the currency down under? Is it really just that recent dollar weakness, or maybe even that strength in commodity price that we saw in the last couple of weeks? Mm, yes, uh, JP, I think you raised some valid points right there on the Aussie dollars. And if you look at the Aussie versus the US dollar chart uh, and compare it against the uh, US dollar index charts, we can tell that the US dollar large, uh, remains largely at the driver's seat. Uh, that, that means uh, the movements in the US dollar would uh, directly, almost directly uh, affect the movements uh, of the Aussie dollar to a large extent. And when the US dollar plummeted on 28th January, the Aussie appreciate against the USD. I think same goes to other currencies. We see a similar inverse movement. Okay, of course, in the meantime, the Aussie, which is also a commodity currency, was supported by the uh, soaring metal prices. Um, one of the recent headlines we see is the aluminum prices that rose to about uh, a 13-year high, along with other industrial metals. And, and metals. And at the moment, uh, the rally seems to have failed to sustain as the Aussie plummeted against the US dollar. Uh, that strengthened overnight after the U- the US CPI data that we saw last night, 
And on the other hand as well, the RBA takes, uh, is taking a wait-and-see approach to observe how the prices and wages would develop uh, in Australia in the coming months instead of reacting too quickly. And so the diverging policies between the Fed and the RBA at the moment uh, will likely weigh on the pair in the medium term. All right. So um, uh, I do want to also talk about the local currency here, Adrian Kit. Now, um, we've seen the Singapore dollar actually impress and flex in recent times. What do you think has been bolstering the uh, local currency this time around? And there are a handful of suspects, right? That very strong final GDP print, budget hopes, perhaps the MAS's recent off-cycle move. I mean, what do you think has really been helping the Singapore dollar sustain its uh, firmness? And do you think this can actually last as we head deeper into the first quarter? Mm, okay, for the Singapore dollar, actually, from what we observe, uh, the appreciation of the Sing dollar uh, recently is mostly backed by the hawkish MES amid the growing inflation worldwide. Now, last month, the MES surprised the market with an off-cycle tightening of its monetary policy, which effectively allowed the Sing dollar to appreciate. Okay, so this move came just a day after Singapore reported core inflation that rose by the fastest pace in nearly eight years. Okay, so given that we are in such a situation that things are moving so fast, I think the last thing that MES wishes to do is to only act twice a year on its uh, policy meeting uh, normally held in April and October. Okay, so this off-cycle move that we saw was more of like a preemptive measure to, to control the prices as they didn't want to wait until April. By then, the prices were have inflated uh, too much. And also... Uh, Speaking of the current situation, despite the uh, current Omicron surge, I think the global economic prospect remains intact, according to uh, most economists, and the inflation would likely to persist well into this year. And also, we look at some local the, uh, local data in Singapore. There were some encouraging figures as well. We have the retail sales uh, growing 11.1% for the whole of, whole of last year after three consecutive years of decline. So that's a good sign right there. And we also see uh, like industrial production growing faster than expected. But uh, given all these like uh, great figures at the moment, uh, we uh, we wouldn't rule out any possibility of, you know, the, the MES tightening the monetary policy once again in its upcoming uh, meeting in April. So I guess that is what is bolstering the SGD. All right. And just very quickly, Jenkins, since we have you here and we're talking about Southeast Asian currencies, um, you know, a lot of uh, one currency to watch really when the when the 2002 rolled around actually was the Thai bot because of these hopes that the country was going to reopen to tourists, general commercial activity. We've seen the uh, reopening, though, be a bit more gradual. Actual, actually, any read on the Thai bot from your point of view, sir? Mm, the Thai bot has actually performed pretty well as compared to other ASEAN currencies. This okay, week. Uh, you know, in fact, uh, this is the first time that markets are turning bullish on this currency in nearly a year. Now, uh, while the Bank of Thailand recently left this interest rate at record low, I think we can be a bit optimistic that this uh, loose monetary policy would help to restore some growth in the economy. Now, uh, Thailand's economy, which is uh, really highly dependent on foreign tourism, and this sector actually makes up about 20% of its pre-COVID GDP. Mm-hmm. So I think the government has really a lot at stake in terms of uh, opening up to foreign tourists now. So going back to last year, Thailand actually started its quarantine-free entry in November. But uh, sadly, it had to come to a halt in late December when the Omicron emerged. Now, during this time, from then till now, uh, we have assessed, you know, we, we get statistics worldwide that tells us, luckily, this Omicron isn't as severe as the previous variants, like the hospitalization rates are lower, despite its uh, high transmissibility. So 
So uh, that, that's a good thing on the Omicron front. And fast forward to February this year, Thailand finally decided to reopen its border again, uh, this time even with a bolder measure, allowing anyone who is vaccinated to enter the country without the need to quarantine. Now, uh, although we shouldn't rule out the possibility of a new variant that could once again derail the economic recovery, but given this trajectory, I think we can be cautiously optimistic about the Thai bar. All right, uh, Lim Jun Kit, strategist for Philip Nova. Thank you so much for joining us today on Forex Fridays here in Money FM 89.3. As always, I wish you and your loves and continued health and safety during these times. We look forward to the next time you can join us at the show. Meanwhile, have a great weekend ahead, sir, and we look forward to, to our next conversation. Cheers. Thanks, JP. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app, that's A-W-E-D-I-O, available on Google Play or the App Store.